When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Flushing Girl from Flushing, the nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Miss uh, uh, Fine. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Oh, Mr. Sheffield, where Sean DePasquale's mic is perfectly fine. <laughs> uh, Hi, I'm some, Sean. <laughs> there's some backstory to that comment, but we don't need to bore you. <laughs> we don't have time. Uh, hello, I'm Sean DePasquale. I'm here with my co-host, Toria Sheffield. Hi. And we are here to talk about The Nanny, the TV show from the 90s starring Fran Drescher. We are on season two, episode eight, and this episode is titled, Toria, can you say it? Pinsky business. Pinsky. Pinsky, which I had to look up how to say. It's a Yiddish word. We'll get to it. It's our Yiddish word of the week. And also the episode title. That's very rare that we have them both. Uh, This was an interesting episode. It had some really cool guest stars on it. Um, it, We also got to see the inside of Cece's apartment for the first time. Yep. Yep. Um, And by the way, this is the episode where Fran has to woo a big investor by pretending to be Cece. (laughs) It's another mistaken identity episode. Strap in. And so, okay, so this episode starts off, we're in the Sheffield mansion, and Fran is giving her mother's um, Canasta group a tour of the house. And Canasta is like kind of one of those old people card games. Um, I mean, it's not for old people, but old people often play it. A lot of times old Jewish people. (laughs) And it's really funny because, you know, she's like, um, she's like, you know, so-and-so once sat and played on this piano and so-and-so like once touched that vase and these women are just ooing and aahing. And then she has this line. I almost want to save it for, um, for favorite lines, but it just, it's really needs to be said. She, she's like, and here's the Sheffield's guest bathroom. I don't want to drop any names, but Liz Taylor did not drop white diamonds in there. <laughs> Just so it was like such a gross little joke, but like the Indeed. idea that that you would you would reveal that Liz Taylor like pooped in the bathroom with Liz so- Taylor's dropping deuces in the Sheffield guest <laughs> bathroom. Just, it was such a, like an unclassy thing to say, but all the women are like, "Ooh, hey, um, hey, Toria, 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 everybody poops, even Elizabeth Taylor." Then, as they're all kind of ooing and aahing, Mister Sheffield walks in. And he's with huge Broadway star Ben Vereen. I was so I I popped like the old ladies popped. I was like, oh my god, I love Ben Vereen. He's yes, he's huge, huge star. If you've never seen the musical Pippin, God, do yourself a favor and see the musical Pippin. I believe Ben Vereen's version of Pippin is on video somewhere. You can probably find it. Google it. Find it. It's great. It's great. He's great. Uh, he was also in Roots. He was in a million things. It's Ben Green. If you don't know him, then now you do. And he's fantastic always, even in this tiny, like, two-minute appearance. Mm-hmm. And um, we find out that he has agreed to do Mr. Sheffield's latest production. And Mr. Sheffield said something like, oh, my gosh, I, I've dreamed of doing this production for 20 years. I've dreamed of working with you for 20 years. You know, now we just need to find the investors. And, like, this will be, like, the stars have aligned for for all of us. So, um 
Ben Vereen, he's literally only on screen for like 30 seconds and he walks out. Um, clearly just, you know, everyone which is what mm-hmm. he's known for. He does a soft shoe, which <laughs> yeah, is what he he's does. known for. He does a little soft shoe at the door. They're like, do you still got it? And he's like, let's see if I do. <laughs> and he does it and he's awesome. And I clapped in my home. Um, and then, yeah. And then he's out the door and the old, the, the, the um, friends, mom's friends, this whole group that she's with, they're like, we want to take our, they like collect money. They have like a pot, you know, for this card game they play. They're like, we want to invest it, our Pishki money, uh, our Pinsky money, and they want to invest it into uh, the play. They're like, yeah. so, and it's $25,000 in 1996-ish. And I was so curious what the inflation on that was. And I looked it up and it's like $43,000. Wow. <laughs> it's a considerable amount of money, you know, now and then. Like, it's a lot of money. Because, um initially when they said they wanted to, you know, give over their money, Mr. Sheffield was kind of like, oh, we couldn't possibly because he's thinking it's going to be, you know, like $17. And then Cece looks at the check and she's like $25,000. And then Mr. Sheffield's like, you will take it. Um, So this is how we set up that Fran's mother and her friends are now like investors in this new production. Um, Which is kind of the only B plot in this episode. This is a heavy a plot episode it's just about the thing it's about and then there's this like very small like which is really it's just like an open it's just like an open and a closer really which is like they throw in money and so now like everyone's invested especially fran in making this work yes well because what yes what this does is it makes fran equally as concerned and invested in the success of this play as mr sheffield which is what you know is the engine for her motivation later for a big, you know, twist that happens. And so basically, you know, we cut to a few days later and Mr. Sheffield is about to welcome a very, very big deal investor into the house. This guy named Charles Hayes. Um, he's actually like a career garbage, like like waste management man by trade, like runs like garbage facilities. But he has started to invest heavily in Broadway shows. Um, and Mr. Sheffield is very, very agitated and nervous. And he reveals that, you know, like basically if he doesn't get this money, um, th- you know, th- this play, this production can't happen. And Fran's like, well, what do you mean it can't happen? Like, what's going to happen to my mom's money? And he's like, well, you know, your mother must have known that investing in theater is risky. And Fran's like, uh, no, we had no idea. You said this was a sure thing. And he literally, he has a line that actually made me laugh out loud where he said something like, oh, it's because, you know, I found that saying, you know, throwing your money into a rat trap and theater is dying doesn't work as well. <laughs> um, so basically like, you know, Fran gets really. Um, All right. Like- well, wait, but hold on, before we get too far away, we should pause and acknowledge Charles Haste is played. I was going to get, I was going to get there. I was going to get there. You introduced the character. No, but he, but he didn't walk in yet. They're talking mm-hmm. about him, but okay. So, um, Fran is now very freaked out and she's like, oh my God, like, yeah, this, this investor better give you his money or like my mom's going to lose all her money. Um, and then Cece walks in and it's raining outside and, you know, um, this, cause this meeting's about to happen and Cece's literally like, oh, like 
I can't wait for this meeting. I'm, I'm on fire today. A tourist tried to steal a cab from me. And like, I literally need him in the groin and hit him with my umbrella. And, and but she's very proud of this. And then she like looks at her hair in the me- in the mirror and she's like, oh God, like I, I got to fix myself up before Charles Hayes gets here. And this, and Mr. Sheffield's like, yes, please do Cece. Like he, he um, it's rumored that this guy fancies himself a ladies man. And I'm sort of depending on you to really cinch the deal. Um, and that's when, so, so Cece goes into the bathroom to clean herself up. That's when Charles Haste arrives, played by none other than Wallace Shawn. Yes. Is not only a brilliant actor, but also a playwright as well. And it is inconceivable that he's not one of the best performers of his generation. The great Wallace Shawn, you probably know him best. From Princess Bride, if his if his little squishy eyes and bald head and like face and voice sounded familiar, it's probably from Princess Bride. That's what most people I think know. Uh huh. You know, he was also in Clueless. Yes. Um, yes. And but yes, he's he's very famous for Inconceivable. I love Wallace Shawn. I think he's also his last name Shawn spelled correctly. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's. It's not disappointing for real, but then slightly disappointing that he plays such a skeezy little character, even though he does it really well. Um, he, he's great as the actor, but basically he's like not – he doesn't just fancy himself a ladies' man. Like this guy's like gross. Like at one point um, be- – oh, because – oh, but – which I should say, he comes in and he's like totally flustered and he's like, oh, he's like, I've had the worst day. You know, I tried to get into a cab and some tall blonde woman – kicked me in the groin and and hit me with her umbrella (laughs) there's just this look of like abject horror on mr sheffield and niles and fran's face because they're like oh my god cc like assaulted the big investor no sooner does that happen do we hear cc coming out of the bathroom and (laughs) niles literally pushes her face back Pushes her by the face, which is he shoves most, her by the face back into the bathroom. A face push is the most demeaning kind of push. So and throws her umbrella in with her and locks the door. And then slams um, and locks and locks her in the bathroom. And, and so and then you know um, this uh, Charles Hayes Hayes types is he's like. Um, well, you know, good to meet you, Maxwell. But uh, where's the CC Babcock? And and Mr. Sheffield's like, uh, uh, I was thinking we'd keep it, you know, just the boys today. And Wallace Shawn literally says, "No chick, no check, no deal." It's just like, <laughs> ew! Oh my god, <laughs> so gross, so gross. But hey, this was the uh, reality of the industry, and so uh, no sooner does he say that, does. Fran appear and she's like, Why, hello, I'm she. She first appears by sticking one leg. She, like, she, like, (laughs) I love this bit. I thought it was really funny. She, like, sticks her leg out around the side of the wall and sort of, like, sexily extends it down to the ground uh, and then comes in the room and goes, Oh my, I think I have a run in my stocking. <laughs> yes. Well, it's because she had just because over- right after she, um, yeah, she, yeah, she right overheard after- Hayes talking about how much she likes legs. And then we cut to this little quick scene in um, Mr. Sheffield's office where Cece is now back there. And it's like Cece, Mr. Sheffield, Niles, and Fran. And they're kind of like, um, 
trying to quickly come up with a plan to make this work because the investor is still out in the living room. And, you know, Cece's like, you know, this, this will never work. You know, Nanny Fine could never pretend to be me. Like, she's not of my class. She's not of my breeding. Um, and then Niall says something like, oh, good, maybe she won't lick herself in front of company. Like, just some <laughs> horrible joke. And um, Mr. Sheffield- a whole run of, of, like, dog metaphor jokes- uh, in that scene, it's like an entire scene, basically, where they're just like comparing Cece to a dog, like <laughs> line after line after line. I couldn't even write them it on is, so fast. It is so emotionally abusive. Like, this yes. is such a toxic relationship. It is <laughs> so terrible. awful. Like, like, these three people are just beating up poor Cece, and then they shove her outside into the rain. Yes, like, well, like an actual dog. To be fair, though, this would not have happened had Cece not been a horrible human being. She need a man in the groin and hit him so she could get Mm -hmm. his cab. Um, Although I guess you could argue that's also classic New Yorker. She said, tourist trying to steal my cab, not on my watch. Um, Yeah, I mean, I didn't until the guy walks in and is and, and, and okay. look, he's a horrible human being. They established very early on he's a terrible person. He's like a gross worm of a man. He's like a fucking like a misogynistic grosso. Yeah, but and Cece so, doesn't and, know that. And he's trying to steal her cab, which tracks with this character who is probably like, "Look out, Dame! I need to steal your cab." Ah, inconceivable. So, like, I feel like you know when she first tells the story, I was like, ah, good for Cece. So no one should steal your cab out from under you in the rain. Also, it's like, Hey dude, maybe let the lady stuck in the rain, have the cab, like be, be like a little gentlemanly, you know what I mean? Like show some class. And so then when the guy shows up, you're like, Oh, this is a classless guy. He sucks. So I, I thought might be team Cece in this episode. Okay. Fair. You've, you've convinced me point to Sean. So, so, Wait, okay, where are we now? I'm like, okay, now okay just, so basically, you know, I know so where we are. Yeah, so basically she's – Fran is pretending to be CC for all of these circumstances. Fran's very invested because her parent, her mother's money and all her mom's friend's money is invested in this thing. And so she's going to try to make this work. And she basically is like, well, I have to keep pretending to be CC. They, they lock CC out of the room where they're discussing this, Mr. Sheffield and Fran and – Niles for some reason yeah. <laughs> who's always part of these very important discussions even though he's literally the butler but it's adorable Niles had some of the best scenes and moments and lines in this episode uh-huh. I wrote down I want more Niles episodes um so I'm not complaining it's just funny to me um and then basically oh. they decide like yeah dude like you have to go out on a date with this guy and like be seasy because because Sean Wallace basically says like ah yes you know I have the check ready and, you know, ready to give over, but I won't do it until you have dinner with me, Miss Babcock. Like, I'm, you're so charming. And he's yeah. basically like, I'll pick you up at eight at your place. So it's also set up that, you know, the money hinges on Fran yeah. a- slash CC going out with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they decide they'll do it because they all care deeply about this play. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, and the best part is, so Cece, who has been locked out in the rain, um, <laughs> so she's out there. They they go back out into uh, the living room, and as they leave, Mr. Sheffield's like, Niles, uh, aren't you forgetting something? And he's like, ah, quite right, sir. He goes back into the office. A freezing Cece is out 
literally soaked to the bone in the rain. She's knocking on the door and he just goes in and turns off the lamp and then walks out. (laughs) Oh, it's so mean. But so then um, we cut to Fran arriving at Cece's apartment. I'm leaving out some smaller parts, but basically she arrives at Cece's apartment the next evening, ready to pretend to be Cece. And this is when we first see Cece's apartment, which is very Patrick Bateman-esque. Well, Very minimal, cold. Yes, it is very Patrick Bateman-esque, but that's also was like, that was like the 90s definition of like successful business person was like, that that was the, the decor at the time for like successful was like sleek, cold, minimalist, uh, Fran even Fran even goes is like looking at Cece's photos and she's like this guy's handsome like who's he and Cece's very coy about it and then she reveals that it was just the guy that came in the frame <laughs> um but so it was sad this this was one of the first episodes where I was like oh I really I feel so bad for Cece her life is very very lonely and very depressing and this episode just like continues to point that out over and over and over again. Um, <laughs> it's so sad. Poor it's so sad. So, and so the sad. way she admits that to Fran, where she's like, she's like, oh, he's handsome. And then, and then Cece just goes, it came to the frame. Like, it's not even, she doesn't even, it's not, even, she just sadly admits it. And she also, um, has just swigged a, uh, like a shot in a, like a <laughs> shot of whiskey. And she, puts her finger around the rim, almost as if it's whipped cream, to get the very last drops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but she said, yeah, such a sad, lonely, functioning alcoholic lady, probably. But so then um, Sean Wallace gets there. So Cece runs into the closet to hide. And, um, you know, Fran sort of greets him and pretends it's her space and all of that. And she actually takes him in. Uh, he brings her flowers. So she takes him back into the kitchen to put the flowers in a vase. And when she does that, Mr. Sheffield bursts in um, and Cece comes out of the closet and she's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, Oh, I've decided like, no, we can't go through with this. Like nothing is worth this because you know, in his mind, he's thinking, Oh, you know, Miss Fine's going to have to potentially like sleep with this man. Like I I can't do this. I actually can't go through with it. Um, But then Cece goes, Oh, because before, while Cece was in the closet, but before Mr. Sheffield got there, Sean, uh, uh, Wallace Sean had said something like, you know, I'm thinking I might even invest a million in this play. So he had said that before they go off into the kitchen. So yeah. right up Mr. Sheffield's like, we can't go through with this. Um, Cece's like, he's up to a million. And Mr. Sheffield's like, get in the closet. And then they both run into the closet yes. and are hiding, at which point um, Wallace Sean and Fran come out back into the living room and they sit down. And this is where this character, he basically is like, you know, you know, Miss Babcock, I've been thinking, let's ditch Mr. Sheffield and make this a duet. Yeah. And Fran's like, what? And he's like, you said it yourself on the phone. You know, he's just a pretty face in a blazer. Like, you're the brains of this operation. And <laughs> Fran's like, I said, what? And Mr. Sheffield <laughs> is like, so outraged and cc is also like she's totally been caught and what did she say she was like no 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 i i said you're a trailblazer yeah i i said you're great and a trailblazer Trailblazer. (laughs) um and and he's like come on like let's just we'll do this ourselves and we'll cut sheffield out and fran who is completely loyal and has a lot of integrity she literally stands up and she's like 
she was like, I would never because, you know, Mr. Sheffield is a man of integrity. And when he believes in a play, he sticks to it. And, you know, he will he will wait 20 years to mount a production. And then she goes, meanwhile, I, meanwhile, I, Cece Babcock, would mount just about anything. And <laughs> it's this big moment, you know, where she's, she's yeah. going to defend Mr. Sheffield. Yeah. And then he comes out of the closet opens the front door and pushes uh Wallace, Wallace Shawn out. Did Charles Haste. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then and he's it's basically the like of two very hard shoves in this episode. Yes, yes. And then and he's like, Sheffield, like, what are you doing here? And Mr. Sheffield goes, taking out the trash, throws yes. his coat in his face and slams the door. And you yeah. know, the audience is like, woo, and clapping. It's this big fun moment. Cece desperately goes running after him. Um, but you know, then, then, you know, Fran is like, oh my goodness, like Mr. Sheffield, like you, you were here, you, you know, you, you came here because you were worried about me. And he kind of like shrugs sheepishly. Um, and, and (laughs) yes, but then there was this kind of, she, she was like, you were peeping through the keyhole because you were worried about me. And then she's like, you don't do that at home. Do you? Did you notice his face? Yes. Kind of was non-committal. Yes, that's how they end the the last line of the episode is him being like, mm, "Maybe do I do." <laughs> um, I don't know if that was the intention for that look, I but I definitely was. clocked. It. I was like, "Mister Sheffield, are you peeping through her bedroom or bathroom?" Piece? It does sort of imply that, like, yeah, you know, listen, in like a cute kind of in a cute way. English way, yeah, a cute English way. Um, and, oh, and then like the real end of the episode is, um, they're back at, it's like the next day they're back at the Sheffield house. And Fran is saying how she is so terrified to tell her mother that like, you know, this, this play is not going to actually get produced because the investor fell through. But, and so Sylvia shows up and Fran's about to tell her, but then Mr. Sheffield comes in and is like, oh, I've got some news. I, I found a new investor for my production me and that's kind of a big deal because it was also noted earlier in the episode that he never invests his own money in productions like he kind of considers it like bad form or just not something he's ever done before but and he but he's basically like you know i've decided to go out on a limb because i heard that this play uh was directed by a man is being produced by a man of integrity yeah. And he kind of looks at Fran and it's kind of actually nice because it's, it's almost like, nice oh, yeah. you know, her, she believes in him. So he now believes more in himself. Um, and then he says to Sylvia, he's like, oh, and you would have been so proud of your daughter, Sylvia. You know, um, she turned down a millionaire for me. <laughs> and Sylvia, Sylvia goes, oh, Fran, did you think I'd be upset by that? I'm not upset by that. And then she very calmly walks over to where Niles is cleaning the stove. The and oven. Very, yeah. And very calmly looks at him and as she opens the oven door. She goes, is this gas? And then just <laughs> sticks her entire head in. She's going to put her head in an oven. She's gonna put, which is a, which is an old um, Yiddish Jewish mother thing that they, I mean, my mother used to say it. Oh, if oh you my mother this, says I'll it all stick the time. my head in the oven. You know, oh yeah. And it, Oh, oh, and and it's, it's it's very very dark. Basically, you know, gas ovens used to be the norm, and that used to yeah. be a way that a lot of times people would would kill themselves, yeah. and often um, dissatisfied housewives. That was sort of the yeah. trope. Um, yeah. But st- but hey, 
very funny in this context. I'm not going to lie. I'd be a liar if I said. It's funny because of how it speaks to Jewish culture for me. It's like, it just, it was like, oh yeah, I've, I've heard that joke. Uh, my mom never went as far as sticking her head in an oven, but I, I would, I would argue that maybe my great grandmother did. <laughs> <laughs> just to, just to see how, just to flirt with the danger. Of how it just, would to, just for this exact reason, just for the threat of like, I will stick my head in this oven. Yep. <laughs> um, so when so I was that- a kid, I didn't understand. We, I grew up in Florida. Everything was electric. We didn't even have gas. So I didn't understand what that even meant. And I thought my mom was threatening to set herself on fire. Or like was make a- herself slowly. Yes. It was a far more horrific proposition <laughs> than like slowly gassing herself. So as a child, that always terrified me, that threat. <laughs> It's like I'll microwave my face. Um, It's like I will set my head on fire and slowly melt in front of you. So, um, plus you couple that with like the Hansel and Gretel story, and they throw the lady in the oven, and she burns to death. So I I thought that was what the threat was. It seems much more true, true, much more dramatic way to go. Um, (laughs) Should we should we move on to segments? We should move on to segments. And now segments. So. Segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I to say we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments uh, with Sean and Toria. <laughs> okay, favorite moment signs. One, one of my favorites right off the bat that cracked me up is when they see Ben Vereen. They're, they're like, <gasps> and Fran just goes, do roots, do roots. <laughs> As if there's like one line or one yeah. joke that he, like, that he could say that would, That's you roots. know, encapsulate all of the classic mini, dramatic miniseries roots. <laughs> she does the same thing. She also at the then she goes, do Pippin, do Pippin. It's like, what does that mean? <laughs> Sing a song? Like. It's great. Um, it's great. Great line. What else you got? Um, when when Fran finds out that the uh, the production is going to open in Philly, she goes, oh, my Aunt Sally lives in Philly. She's the one with the miracle ear. And Niles is like, ah, oh, so she, you know, like she has a hearing aid. And, she, and Fran goes, no, when you look inside, you can see the Virgin Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that I love that waste management leg joke where, that you know, joke, you by the way, for our younger listeners, that joke only works because there used to be a product called Miracle Ear, which was like a hearing aid, uh, type device. Yes. Yes. I, I kind of think you can infer it from the context. Um, but don't you don't know, I don't know. Don't know. Who, uh, younger listeners, did you infer it from the context? Yes. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> So there was, so in one of the smaller scenes that we sort of skipped over, there's like a brief interstitial between Fran going to Cece's apartment and Fran agreeing to go to Cece's apartment where she's at home getting ready for this date. And Brighton sort of gives her a hard time about like lying. Like, like he, he sort of calls her out on like, oh, so you're pretending to be an actor or whatever, you know? And she, her response to you're pretending to be an actor is Fran goes, no, that's Steven Seagal, which... I was like, wow, great line. I mean, first of all, he was Wait, actually did popular. Steven, did she say yeah. Steven Seagal or Sylvester Stallone? Steven Seagal. I wrote it down. Oh, okay. Yeah, Steven Seagal, which is, look, Sylvester Stallone's a good actor. Steven Seagal never was, uh, is now like a joke, you know, like a weird kind of like just meme. Um, so that was, it was a great, it was a great, great bit. I really like that bit. And then my other favorite line <laughs> is she's, 
she's pretending to be Cece and she's looking for a business card in Cece's purse to get Cece's address <laughs> and give it to uh, to Wallace Shawn's character. And she goes, oh, what's this? And she goes, uh, it's just a bill for my shrink. Whoa, am I unhappy? <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Really, really good line. Yeah. Um, Which then portends itself to be true when we find that Cece's like, <laughs> using the picture that comes in frames just to like fill up her apartment with like good looking people yeah and um i had that line i also really liked uh the kids are playing cards and one of them is they're playing cards and one of them goes what do you have if you have four queens and niles goes gather around the piano and sing gypsy or no she goes what do you do if you have four queens gather around the piano and sing gypsy which is just again a very broadway uh you know, show tunes. I think, yes. I think another thing that I would have probably clocked as a offensive a couple months ago, but now I'm like, Oh, I, I bet you a lot of uh, gay men yeah. at the time were laughing very loud. I also really, so we talked, we talked about, there's that whole run of dog metaphors. Um, uh-huh. And I found it and I just, it's very, it's funny. It is. <laughs> I mean, you know, you shouldn't compare women to dogs. Let's just get that out of the way. You really shouldn't. <laughs> but, but we're, it's not but, great. Hey, not all women it's just cc well gender. and to be fair in looking back over the the exact exchange she starts it by saying she goes maxwell 95 can't possibly pass for me she isn't in my class she doesn't have my breeding so she starts out by like kind of getting them into a dog metaphor by talking about class and breeding mm-hmm. which she's also talking about high society and all of this stuff but you know class and breeding it sounds like dogs and then niles goes yes then perhaps she won't lick herself in front of company Mm-hmm. And Cece goes, Maxwell, are you going to let him talk to me like that? And Maxwell, who's mad that she hit the investor, he goes, yes, you hit our investor. That's bad, Cece. Very bad. And then she's like, Maxwell. And he goes, sit. And she sits on the edge of the desk, you know. And then yes. Fran says, uh, is he going to hit her with a rolled up newspaper? And everyone has like a laugh. Yes. Um, I mean, look, great like play of words and like brilliant like exchange of like keeping the joke in the metaphor for you know what was that one two three four five six seven like eight eight lines it's a great exchange um so i mean i i thought it was very funny you know it, it was really good writing yeah yeah i yeah. mean and then even a little later in this episode when fran is like well i'm off to percent pretend to be cc babcock and she's like niles throw you know throw something at me i to help me get into character basically like insult me <laughs> and we have this great it's almost like an improv game where where he's like oh i couldn't yeah. possibly and she's like oh of course you can i'm cc babcock off to work and then without even skipping a beat he goes your usual corner. <laughs> and then she's like, great, great. And she's like, okay, here's another one. Um, You know, I'm Cece Babcock about to get money from a man. And, you know, he says something else horribly insulting. And it literally goes, ends- don't forget your change belt. And then he goes, oh, God. Like- <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, then he's like, okay, one more, one more. And she's like, okay. She's like, I'll make it easy. Um, hey, Niles, got a drink? I'm, you know, I'm thirsty as a dog. He actually, this is where he fumbles and he's like, oh, oh, dog, drink, uh, dog, drink. And she's like, mm, Niles, like, like you, like you've disappointed me. And she leaves at which point he goes, wait, no, no. And he throws open the door and he yells, I'll leave the toilet bowl open. <laughs> <laughs> so they've, they've got, they've kind of gotten like almost slightly meta with yeah. how hard uh, Niles works to burn CC all the time. Let's talk about IMDB uh, comments for a Let's let's dive back into the uh, erroneous goofs found in 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 the nanny that don't actually exist. 
So this week we have errors in geography. And this contributor, zero of four people found this interesting, by the way. Um, the, the person writes, when Fran mistakenly thinks Cece came out as gay, she tells her, you know, now you and your special friend can dance together at Disneyland. This is telling as the show was shot in Los Angeles, which is near Disneyland. Well, it's set in New York, which is much closer to Disney World in Florida. And it's like, Shut okay, up. that's not an error. A million more people know Disneyland as a term more than they know the distinction of Disney World. I grew up in Florida and went to Disney World. And guess what? Called it Disneyland all the time because that was the thing that was marketed out. That was the reference that was made in every piece of like entertainment that I consumed. Because like the, Disneyland, the, Disneyland. The, the line is, we're going to Disneyland. Yes. And this show wasn't just written for people that live on the East Coast that are more familiar with the term Disney, like with the distinction of Disney World. Like Disneyland is what is universally known. Like, uh, 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 these are like, uh, these are just the incels of IMDb. Like, I just can't leave people. It's just like, it's, it's not, that wasn't, it wasn't an error. The, like, don't attack the writers or things that aren't actually errors. You know, I would expect in goofs to have things that are like continuity mistakes, things that we've actually pointed out that aren't usually mentioned in the goofs on IMDb. Instead, it's you get junk like this. Anyway, I, that's that's my time. <laughs> 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 He'll be here all week, people. You're all idiots. Um, well, the nanny trivia fits in well since we were talking about how much we loved Niles this episode. So um, last week, we I talked about that video I saw that talked a lot about the casting process for this show. And Daniel Davies, who played Niles, um, they, when he auditioned, they – loved him but their concern was that he was too young because they initially conceived of the butler as being an older more that like father like age dude that explains that first season line about like you know him being there throughout all of mr sheffield's life that they then had to retcon into like <laughs> well we were both kids together i guess yes i literally i literally wrote you can see the adjustments how he yeah. became the butler's son not the butler mm -hmm. um to justify how he He's been in this man's life since birth. Um, yeah, but it but and it kind of does make sense because when you're sort of putting the puzzle pieces together of everybody in this show, you would be like, oh yeah, and there'll be this butler who's almost like a father type age to Mr. Sheffield, and he can be sort of dry and and you know adds to the mix in this certain way. But then they sort of made him an, a man very close to Mr. Sheffield's age. So it, you know, I actually. I actually think it worked in their favor. I think if this was supposed to be this like 90 year old butler who was super seasoned and professional and had been his butler, you know, has been and been his father's butler and was still alive all these years later, I think both his like razor sharp wit would have been harder to, to buy. And, and I think the familiarity um, would have also been hard. Like it's already kind of hard to buy sometimes, but I think it actually would have been even harder if he was supposed to be this like older man who had been raised in this environment and had been like professional his entire life. And like now all of a sudden he's like super lax. I actually think it's more believable that like, oh, they were like the same age, you know? Yeah, so of course he just like talks to Mr. Sheffield, like, you know, like they're pals. <laughs> 
Yes. And, you know, the rapport that um, Fran and Niles have as two very, you know, sassy, salty people, um, it would have been impossible. Um, So I I totally agree. It's one of those, I think, like, little, like, magic, magic things that you can't, like, account for that ends up making, like, really, really working, you know? Um, And then we kind of, you know, we already went over the the Yiddish phrase, which is um, Pinsky. Um, I think we are... Uh, maybe I'm giving you too much credit, but I was saying, I think we're both the France because I think we're both pretty loyal. And like, I would never, ever be able to go behind someone's back and like work out a better deal for, for myself, even if it was the best business decision for me. Like, I do not have that killer instinct. Um, I, I just, it makes me feel so awful. I've talked about this a million times. Like, yeah, even if it's like the better job paying me more money, if I feel like someone kind of, you know, really like did something for me early on or has treated me pretty well, or, you know, I I just, I can't, I would rather have less money and not feel gross. Same. And that's why we're both doing a podcast (laughs) for basically free. Um, You know, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess from that perspective, we're both the Fran, but, um, but I don't know, man. I felt real bad for Cece this episode. I wanted yeah, to not be, be the Cece. But not because but. you are the Cece. No, you're right. I just, I have empathy, like Fran. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's an episode. Mm-hmm. If you liked it, um, tell us about it. Leave a leave a positive five-star review on, on uh, Apple Podcasts because that super helps the show a lot. It helps other mm-hmm. people find the show. And there are, we are now competing in a very cutthroat nanny podcast industry with like four other nanny podcasts. Um, I won't, I won't say their names. If you feel like you need more nanny podcasts in your life, I guess go try out the competition, but you know, you're not going to get Sean and Toria. I'll tell you that. Yeah. You know, some people like butter, some people like margarine, you know, what are we going to do about it? And the margarine people are wrong. Uh, you can find us on social media at Oh Mr. Chef Pod. That's with two F's, no Y. Oh Mr. Chef Pod. Uh, that's on Twitter and Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at Sean Wright. And uh, Toria, where can people find you? Instagram, Toria Sheffy, uh, two F's and a Y. Toria Sheffy, two F's and a Y. And we'll be back next week with episode nine of season two. We're flying wow. through these, just barreling through. Yeah, too fast. It's it's grown up too fast. (laughs) All right. Bye, Toria. Bye. The flashy girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. uh, Miss Fine.